So hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of Default Global. This is where we, we connect with global first entrepreneurs and remote work experts from all around the world to share their experiences and knowledge. And our guest today is Eva Shapar, uh, co-founder at Remote How and Remote First Institute. Eva, thanks for joining us today. Thanks a lot for having me. Sure. Uh, so before we start, can you maybe tell us more about yourself, about your journey in the field of remote work? As I, as I understand, you started working remotely back in 2017, right? Well before this pandemic happened. So could you share more about your experience in this area? Sure. Uh, actually, that the first job that I had in 2011 was remote or like became remote. Oh, okay. So it's, 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 it's been it's been a hell of a journey. But in 2017, we uh, we launched Remote How, uh, which up uh, until now helped over 2,500 companies uh, uh, okay. make remote work work. Uh, we worked with giants like Walmart, Microsoft, ING Bank, but also with many unicorns and startups helping them both on the uh, processes, workflows, but also training of their leadership teams as well as individual contributors. So it's it's been an interesting journey um, up until March 2020 uh, when it was a niche. Um, right. And then after that, uh, things really, really changed. Uh, so right now, Remote How is a marketplace with remote work and hybrid work experts. Mm -hmm. um, and last year, we launched the Remote First Institute, which is a not-for-profit organization that is spreading the word about best practices. We have a global community with, um, with experts. Uh, mm -hmm. We are organizing events, putting together content, uh, everything to help make work work from anywhere. So it's no longer about location, but uh, we're shifting the conversation around how we're doing this work and not where we are uh, producing. Okay, that's awesome. And uh, speaking about this remote work, uh, remote first institute, right? So as far as understood, you started it to challenge the this idea of returning to the office, you know, and to establish this, like you mentioned, worldwide guidance guidelines for for remote work. But can you can you tell me more? How 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 does it work? Uh, could you maybe tell us more about the goals, the mission of Remote Force Institute? You mentioned that it's not uh, it's 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 a nonprofit, yeah, organization. So tell us yes. a bit more about it. Uh Absolutely. So basically, um, since uh, in, the, in the last three years, there is this cycle of companies trying to get people back to the office. And it's basically a cycle. Like the first cycle was in 2020, then in 2021, 2022, and now it's mm -hmm. 2023. And we have the same thing happening again, right? So last year, we, um, we had a bunch of conversations with people that were part of the remote uh, work movements uh, before before it went uh, <laughs> global, and mm -hmm. um, we said that hey, we we we're losing this fight because on the other side you have huge um, companies, mainly in the real estate business, they're putting millions of dollars into PR and into some weird reports that have a thesis uh, that is aligned with their goals. Um, then on the other side, uh, most companies 
haven't done their job in terms of how they should change internally things. So they were just like waiting for the pandemic to be over and then get back to business as, as, as usual. So we started to ask ourselves our, uh, a question, how we can um, help spread the word um, and basically reach as many people as possible that remote work works um but you need to learn how to do it right but then on the other side start providing tools and frameworks for companies but also for consultant helping these companies so we can increase again the adoption of, uh, of working from anywhere so um the remote Work institute operates as a dao so uh, it stands for decentralized autonomous organization um we're making decisions collectively we have voting sessions um when we have um, either new projects or we have honorary or funding members joining. Then there's a third tier of anyone that, that wants to become a, a community member but need to go through application. Um, so it's a, it's a really grassroots um, movement, although like fully virtual, um, with a lot of initiatives um, also driven by, uh, by members, by ambassadors. Mm, it's still powered operationally by by remote how but we are also um shifting towards like fully autonomous uh, organization here so yeah it's an exciting project with uh, with the simple mission that uh, we should really be focusing on fixing uh how the world of work uh, looks uh, right now and instead of uh, focusing on the location where this work is done because honestly most of the stuff that you talk about when it comes to remote work best practices um it's really about just best practices in general right um so that's funny but uh, we have a lot of legacy to uh, to fix hopefully ai uh, will will help to speed up the process as well Okay, yeah, and I'll be happy to become a member of that community, if you don't mind. Uh, of course. Okay, so you mentioned this, uh, that there are a bunch of companies, uh, businesses in Europe and in the US are kind of asking everyone to come back to the office, right? So with that, what do you think? What do you think uh, will happen with, with uh, remote work in the future and how might it change maybe hiring practices around the world? Uh, will we have the situation maybe in five years when remote work will be a sort of geek-oriented industry right, for some, some specific companies? Or it will be some maybe uh, common practice even for, for large companies that will be kind of regulated maybe on the government level? How do they this? So I think it will be something in between what you just said. So uh, mm -hmm. on one side, we already had uh, a, a huge boom growth of uh, freelancers, consultants, solopreneurs uh, before uh, before 2020. So that was already the thing, the up, the upwards, the fibers of the world and, and many small niche marketplaces were, were doing pretty fine uh, or even amazing. Um, so that's definitely something that will grow. And the acceleration here is driven by the aspect that more people started to realize that they want to have more independence. They want to be, um, they want to be the driver of their career, uh, and not the company that they work for. 
Mm, they also want to shift the focus from work to life. So maybe they don't want to work 40, 50, or even 60 hours a week. Maybe they want to work 20, right? So again, they are in control. Um, and the reasons are totally different, but the common denominator here is that one of the ways to do it is to be um, an external expert, solopreneur, freelancer, consultant, right? Where you are deciding. And then on the other side, to your point about like large companies or just like um, organizations. So there will be, uh, I think at the end, there will be two groups. Um, so one group will be the, 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 the forward thinking, no, the, the, the today thinking uh, companies that are making the effort to, to change internally. So then they can uh, be open to hire talent from anywhere in the world because for them it will be no longer about location. They will have a very good company culture, um, asynchronous first communication. Uh, they would be super good with knowledge sharing and documentation. They will have a lot of automations. AI will be basically everywhere possible to increase the productivity, but also to make sure that you're following all these best practices that you should be. Um, and the list goes on and on, right? And then there will be this group that will be shrinking over the time, but right now this is still the majority, that doesn't believe in that true future of work, um, where in this future it's about the outcome, um, where it's about um, having like enjoying your work and, and, and having a saying in, in how it looks like and not just uh, doing what you're, what you're told. Mm, but this number will be right now growing, but as we have more and more companies adopting the, the, the work from anywhere model, we can, we can say it, um, then there will be more competitive when it comes to talent attraction and talent retention. So there will be like an ongoing battle um bottom line is if you're um a talent that is uh, very much needed on the market you will have the final saying uh, so if you're an engineer if you are in working product etc um basically today you have a saying and in the future you will have even more uh, to say um how your career would look like okay and any <clears throat> You mentioned a couple of times uh, that AI, AI technology might be uh, a big thing in, in terms of remote work and global hiring. And I cannot agree more with you because, for example, in my talent acquisition company, we rely on uh, AI a lot. So we do, we help, uh, we do different sourcing stuff using AI technology. We do. Uh, yeah, in terms of pre-validation process, in the pre-validation process that we have uh, in terms of our candidate, in terms of our interviewing process. And we use AI in terms of for our community purposes. And, you know, so we totally kind of hooked with this AI thing. So maybe can you give us some examples from your, uh, from your point of view, what, what, what specific AI tools or uh, things entrepreneurs who are global first who are remote first can can implement right away like a today 
Yes, absolutely. Um, so it's in general, it really depends on the specific of your work. But uh, looking from the remote work side of things, definitely a lot of good stuff is happening around uh, communication and especially meetings. So meeting recaps, transcripts, um, AI introduce. There's a lot of this uh, the burden that you can optimize around meetings. That's for sure. Then the second thing around uh, knowledge sharing and, and documentation, uh, Notion um, introduced earlier this year, Notion AI, uh, which helps a lot in like speeding up that the process of, of, of managing your documentation, content creation, their uh, processes, etc. So that would be the, uh, the second thing. Then obviously when it comes to any type of research uh, analysis, uh, having, um, pretending to have a conversation with an expert, brainstorming stuff. This is obviously ChatGPT, but four, three and a half. No, <laughs> you, you should invest these like $20, which will probably go down, um, this year. Uh, but right now it's $20. This is, this is a game changer because basically any type of problem, any type of question that you have, um, it might be fixed by the idea from, uh, from AI, right? Mm, so instead of me asking, uh, like, instead of asking me how AI can help you go to ChatGPT4, describe that this is your job profession and ask, for instance, like very actionable thing, like what kind of prompts, uh, you might be, uh, you should be using on a daily basis to decrease the time on the manual work you're doing. And you'll, you'll figure this out. Yeah, this, this is a good one. That's a good one. You know, the, this funny thing, I, uh, as I said, I use AI a lot. And at the end of the day, I just noticed that I'm using ChatGPT and I ask ChatGPT to write prompt that I need <laughs> you exactly. know, to solve some, some exactly. stuff. And, you know, that's crazy. Okay, so uh, cool. And um, you mentioned that you've been advising a no, number of companies, right? Including like some well-known brands like Walmart, mm -hmm. Microsoft, right? So um, as far as understood, you are more focused on building some remote-first practices, remote-first uh, policies um, and stuff like that. But what about like a remote hiring, global hiring? maybe what are some common criteria or factors that that companies should should consider when hiring globally uh, can you give some advice yes sure so first of all make sure that you're operating well within your current setup um so i would strongly encourage everyone to run a certain remote work audit hybrid work audit just audit how you're operating right now because Hiring from abroad, uh, from a different country, from a different continent is a totally different ball game, and it's just harder. So make sure that you're doing this good within the current uh, current environment. So that would be the, the step number one. Then what I also would advise is to make sure that you're taking uh, into consideration the culture differences, that you really understand the market where you would like to hire someone from, it doesn't matter if it will be one person or, or, or 100 people, but even this single individual, you need to make sure that you're creating an environment that is understanding this culture, that is supporting this culture. Um, and by understanding and supporting, I mainly mean 
not uh, just processes that you will build with hiring and onboarding and you will choose this EOR and, and not that one, um, but especially that people know how to um, work in the cross-culture um, workplace. That's, that's extremely important. Mm, there are small things on a day-to-day -day basis that you should know when someone has a um, national holiday, etc., etc. So those are like small but but really important things to uh, to understand as well. Mm, so the overall uh, conclusion when you're deciding to do it, you need to put a lot of um, resources. So like at least be cautious about investing uh, time and resources over over the time into making sure that these people um, will truly become the part of your company and not some kind of random contractors they're just executing your tasks yeah that's 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 uh that's a good one especially the the, the last advice that you gave uh I, I i i totally agree so with all my clients I'll, i suggest the same so if you're looking for someone you should look for not a freelancer you know not a you know, yeah. kind of offshore specialist professional developer you're looking for someone who will become a part of your team who will impact your culture yeah. and yeah so that's that's uh that's a good one. I agree with that. Um, in uh, let's talk a bit about this hybrid work, right? So uh, I, you know, uh, I talk a lot with different uh, remote work experts. I talk a lot with different entrepreneurs uh, who are who are running global first and remote first companies, and I see like a, two different groups, two different camps. On the one hand, we have someone who 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 um say okay so hybrid work is great i mean you should just find the way how to do this and other groups just uh, they say hybrid work is something that simply doesn't work and you should avoid this so what what is your take on this um uh what do you think about this yeah um i would quote uh, the uh, the ceo of doist so one of the best remote first companies that exist in the world. And, and, and he was mm -hmm. a true practitioner and an early uh, adapter. So Amir said to me once that um, hybrid work is kind of similar to hybrid cars. So it's not as bad as the one that is, with, uh, that is running mm -hmm. on gas, but it's not as ideal as the electric one in terms of the environment, right? Uh, looking at the CO2 emission, not, of course, that the aspect of like producing batteries, etc. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is exactly what's happening and, and what would be the answer. So hybrid is rather temporarily uh, okay-ish solution, mm -hmm. um, but hybrid requires way more work that needs to be done always to build this equal playing field, right? Because this is one of the biggest challenges of, um, of hybrid, that um, you need to make sure that whatever happens in the office for the people that are on this day there, um, there is a digital footprint of this. Um, so then at the end of the day, the single source of truth 
um, what is going on within the company, what are the updates, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, it's all there. So I would say that hybrid is doable. It's just harder. And I understand that some companies um, cannot uh, move to remote first or like remote only like to remote first yes but like all remote this would be um a, a too big of a change uh to like get rid of offices especially that that the huge companies right so this will be more of a process but companies up to a couple of hundred people like this is the group that mainly went all remote um during during the pandemic so it's doable. It's just a question of uh, which one is which easier for uh, for your setup. Got it. Got it. Okay. Cool. Um, and speaking about your your personal experience, you know, um, we have a community maybe of ten k uh, tech talent uh, at at GoGobi, um, and most of them, of course, they, they're looking for some different remote opportunities. Um, and like for those talent, in from your experience, I know that you you lived remotely in seventeen different countries, right? So uh, you have this firsthand experience of different locations for remote work, right? So just just for for those guys who would like to try this digital nomad thing, right? Could could you suggest a few locations that you found particularly suitable for remote work, and and tell us why? Sure. So these days I prefer to call myself a slow med, so like traveling slowly and not like not always hopping through like different uh, different locations. But we started this in 2017 and um, I would say the best places, top three places, uh, Vietnam, particularly Hoi An. This is the central Vietnam. Um, we lived there for one and a half year, like traveling through Vietnam. Um, it was during the pandemic, so we had no option to leave the country, but it was amazing. Um, so Vietnam, definitely number one, especially with Hoi An. Then the second place, Lisbon in Portugal, or rather the area around Lisbon and Lisbon as mm -hmm. a place to uh, to go because it's quite yep. costly and it's becoming crowd overcrowded, etc. So, for example, Ericeira um, as an as an option, or to go to the other side of the of the river to towards Caparita. So that would be second. Then uh, another place in Portugal, Madeira, uh, very good community there uh, for for digital nomads. Mm, very good community also in Canary Islands. Uh, we spent a couple of months in Fuerteventura. If someone is into surfing, that's definitely a place to go. Or Tenerife um yeah so those are my 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 recommendations if you're looking for something in south america uh, you should definitely try colombia um mm -hmm. and mexico obviously um cancun not cancun sorry um the the whole yucatan uh mm -hmm. peninsula is an is an interesting interesting choice that the center is happening in playa del carmen uh, uh of like digital nomadic stuff, but, but there are different, uh, different options. Um, if you're looking for something in the central Eastern Europe or like more towards like Balkans, um, Bulgaria, uh, Romania, um, interesting choices with like the center in Bansko. Um, what else? Um, 
I've been working remotely from Albania as well. That was uh, that was interesting. Maybe not as good like infrastructure wise, although it was a couple of years ago. Mm, yeah. So those are the couple of records that that come to my mind. Awesome. awesome. Oh, and yeah, Kopanyan, Kopanyan, Kopanyan in Thailand, amazing island. Uh, you should definitely check it out. Uh, Kopanyan. Yep. Okay, sounds great. Sounds great. Yeah, frankly speaking, I heard about all those locations. Uh, I've been <laughs> in some of them, but frankly speaking, I'm just curious why you put this Vietnam as the number one. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, there are many reasons, but I think the biggest one is the is the difference in how people behave. It's about community first, and not me as an individual individual in in our mm. let's call it Western world. Uh, and then it impacts a lot of the uh, the day-to-day stuff that is that is happening. So uh, okay. I, I op- there are obvious things like food, weather, amazing mm-hmm. views, and then the nature, etc. But I, I think like this is the the biggest one. Cool, that's awesome. Okay, so I guess I guess we're good. Thanks a lot, Eva, for sharing your insights on this international hiring stuff, of future of global hiring, of remote work, on those. Uh, insights on the best places for remote work so uh, yeah we wish you all the best in your journey thanks a lot and we appreciate your time thank you so much enjoy stay safe ciao